Our second scripture lesson this morning comes from the Revelation to John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. Listen again for the word of God. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, to the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In 2011, I stood at the hospital bedside of my father at UAB for several hours as he died. The autoimmune disease he had been diagnosed with a few months before had ravaged his body, leading finally to his death at the age of 78. I stood in his room with my sister Kim, who is also a Presbyterian minister, as a companion. We held his hand, stroked his head, spoke to him in quiet tones, gave him permission to leave us. Our brother Jeff, who is also a Presbyterian minister, yes, we are a very strange family, was hours away, and so he was our companion through phone calls. Four years later, in 2015, we repeated this experience with my mother as we stood by her intensive care unit bed after a heart surgery that had gone unexpectedly and irretrievably wrong. Once again, it was my sister and I in the room with my brother present on the phone. In both experiences, through hours of pain and beauty, we stood vigil as our parents died. It was a blessing and a privilege to be there, a sacred time as we stood in that thin place between earth and heaven. On both occasions, as our parents took their last breath, my sister and I instinctively reached out and laid our hands on them and spoke the words of commendation over them together. Words both of us have recited at more funerals and memorial services than we can count. Into your hands, O merciful Savior, we commend your servant, Roger. We commend your servant, Mary Lou. Acknowledge, we humbly pray, a sheep of your own fold, a lamb of your own flock, a sinner of your own redeeming. Receive them into your arms of mercy, into the blessed rest of everlasting peace, and into the glorious company of the saints in light. 
Today at IPC, we will celebrate All Saints Sunday together as we pause to remember and as the choir chants the names of beloved members of IPC who joined that glorious company of the saints in light over the past year. Now let's take just a moment to consider the word saint, a word that literally means holy or set apart. In our popular culture, most of us hear the word saint and we think of someone who is a part of a kind of a hall of fame of Christian faith. Someone who lived a particularly, a particularly exemplary life, characterized by an unusual degree of obedience to Christ, of exemplary good works that earned them the title of saint. But that is not the New Testament view of sainthood. The letters of the New Testament speak instead of every single Christian as a saint. Paul addresses his letters to the saints in Ephesus, Philippi, Corinth, Rome. It is his designation for all Christians who make up the body of Christ in the world. Contrary to our popular understanding, a saint is not someone who earns the title by good works. We are saints because God has declared us so in the waters of baptism, when we were set apart, sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. We are saints because of what God has done in Jesus Christ, not because of anything we have done. The leading theologians of the Reformation, and we celebrate Reformation Sunday today as well, helped us reclaim this original understanding of the word saint, as Martin Luther, John Calvin, and other reformers reminded us that all of those who are members of the body of Christ are saints, not just a select few. So on this day of All Saints Sunday, we remember all of the saints we have known and loved, all of those who have lived among us and walked the journey of discipleship to Jesus Christ beside us and helped us to build this church and other churches and helped to shape our own lives of faith. Today, the choir will chant the names of those who have left us in the past year, but in reality, today in this sanctuary, our pews, our hearts are filled to overflowing with a great cloud of witnesses so many who have gone before us, so many we have loved, who are now a part of God's great story of salvation because they lived their lives in faith to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Many of you I know have stood in that sacred space where my sister and I stood with our parents as you have been the companion of someone you loved as they moved from this world into eternity. In those moments, it feels as if we are standing on the threshold between worlds. Underneath your feet, you can feel the ground shaking and trembling with the enormity of the loss of one you have loved so much. You feel the grief that enters in and can feel overwhelming for a time as you realize the earthly absence that has opened up before you. At the same time, as people of faith in our risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we know that the ground beneath our feet may shake at the death of a loved one, but it will not give way. We know that our earthly grief is the price we pay for the love we have shared, but we also know in the deepest place within us as believers in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that our loved one is not lost. In fact, 
they have been found in the most profound and everlasting way. We know that their lives and their deaths have been redeemed and that they have entered a new creation where there will be no more pain, no more mourning or crying, that place where God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and where death will be no more, where all things are being made new. We live, you and I, in that place that is already filled with glimpses of the kingdom of God all around us, but where the kingdom is not yet among us in its fullness. Already, not yet. The passage from Revelation 21 we read this morning is a glimpse of a promised future that all the saints will enjoy. A future where God wipes away every tear, where death is no more, where there will be no more mourning or crying or pain. It is a glorious promise of that time when God's kingdom will come in all of its fullness and God will accomplish the full and final redemption of all things through Jesus Christ. It is the promise that one day God will make all things new and will come down to dwell among us for all eternity. Did you notice that part of the passage from today? You see, contrary to our popular culture's image of what happens at the end of time, the final picture of this fulfillment of God's kingdom is not an image of us being raptured away from earth to some ethereal heaven in the sky. Quite the contrary. This vision is of God and Christ coming down to earth in the new Jerusalem to redeem and restore all of God's good creation. At the end of all things, the vision tells us, God comes down and dwells among us to bring healing, redemption, and a new and eternal life where we will live an intimate relationship with God and Christ, with one another, and with all of God's good, redeemed creation. That is the story of God's redemptive work throughout scripture, isn't it? God is always coming down among us. In the first creation, Genesis gives us the image of God walking in intimate companionship in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. It is an image of God's good creation living in intimate harmony and peace. But then sin entered the world and disrupted the intimacy we were created to have with God, with one another, and with God's creation. And so scripture tells us in the fullness of time, God comes again in his son, Jesus Christ, who took on human flesh and lived among us. Jesus taught, healed, fed, forgave, and eventually suffered and died in order that we might have salvation, redemption, healing, reconciliation, and the promise of resurrection and new life. Jesus came to usher in God's kingdom, and in the passage from Revelation today, we see that kingdom finally coming in all its glorious fullness. And once again, scripture tells us, God comes down to bring the healing, the restoration, the full and final redemption of all things. It is in that fulfilled kingdom that Christ says, behold, I am making all things new. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who is our beginning, our source, 
is also the one who will be standing at our end as the fulfillment of all things. Of course, if we believe that Christ has already ushered in the kingdom, if we believe that God's kingdom has already come among us in Jesus Christ, then we must also know and believe that it is not only in some far off distant future that Christ will be at work making all things new. No, Christ is at work in each of our lives through the gift of the Holy Spirit in each of our families, in our communities, in our church, and in our world, making all things new right this very moment as we are gathered here in this sanctuary this morning. God continues to come down to us each and every day to bring us healing, reconciliation, redemption, and new life. My friends, hear this good news today. New creation is happening all around us and within us even today. God is doing something new this very day inside of you, even when it feels hard to believe, even when you cannot feel or see the newness, even when it comes in a guise you do not recognize and maybe did not even want. God is still here, even now, making all things new. Does this world of pandemic seem alien and never ending to you? The promise is that God is coming down and working even in the midst of our weariness with this pandemic, making all things new. Has the past year and a half been one of struggle for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your children, for your school, for your work life? The promise is that God is coming down to stand with you in the midst of your turmoil, your confusion, your struggles, bringing redemption and making all things new. Are you battling illness, grief, loneliness, depression, addiction? The promise is that God is coming down to comfort, to redeem, to make new. As churches around the world, including our own, try to figure out how to come back together after such a long period of separation and isolation, the promise is that God is coming down to blow the winds of new creation into our life together as a church, bringing healing and new life and restoring a sense of community as we come back together in person as the body of Christ, living, worshiping, caring for one another, and serving in the world. The passage from Revelation this morning reminds us that new creation is our true home. And while the fulfillment of that new creation may await God's final day, it is our calling here and now to be part of God's healing, redeeming, reconciling work every single day. It is our calling as disciples of Jesus Christ to allow God to work through us, within us, among us, to make all things new. As Frederick Beekner wrote in his sermon entitled The Kingdom of God, we cannot make the kingdom happen. Only God can do that. But we can put out leaves as it draws near. We can be kind to each other we can be kind to ourselves. We can drive back the darkness a little. While there is still time, he writes, pray for the kingdom, watch for signs of it, live as though it was already here. 
because there are moments when it almost is. We do live our lives each day in that strange liminal place of already, but not yet. We already have redemption in and through Jesus Christ. We already live as citizens of the kingdom of God ushered in by Christ. We are already given the gift of faith and we have already been claimed by God in Christ through the waters of our baptism. We are already a part of the body of Christ living and active in the world. We can already catch glimpses of the kingdom all around us each day in every small daily act of compassion, service, forgiveness, reconciliation, and hope done in the name of Christ. We already catch glimpses of God's new heaven and new earth when we comfort the grieving, tend to the sick, forgive someone who has harmed us, or ask for forgiveness when we have done the harming. When we feed the hungry, provide shelter to the homeless, care for God's creation. When we welcome a new member into our family of faith, baptize a baby or an adult, gather at the Lord's table, and share in the bread and the cup. When we read and study scripture together and gather in this sacred space for worship, we catch glimpses of God's kingdom already among us. Already, but not yet. Not yet because we do not yet see God's kingdom completely fulfilled. Our world is still broken in many ways. Our lives are still a mess in many ways. And so we are called to live in this already not yet world and to trust in the ultimate promises of our trustworthy God. Today we celebrate All Saints Sunday. In a few minutes you will hear the choir chant the names of beloved members of IPC who died in the past year. They have entered fully into God's promises. They are already in that place where God has wiped every tear from their eyes, where there is no more pain or mourning or crying, where death is no more. They are in the presence of God and Christ in the glorious company of the saints and light. They can see fully what we can only imagine. And from that place of love and light, of redemption and new creation, they bear witness to the ways in which we who are still here in this already not yet world live into our calling as citizens of the kingdom of God. From this place, from our earthly perspective, it can be difficult at times to believe in this promise of God. It can be difficult to see the ways God continually comes down among us to make all things new. I know our lives and our world desperately need redemption and new creation. But even though it can be hard to see and believe that God in Christ is among us, as Rachel Held Evans wrote in her book, Searching for Sunday, remember how God became one of us? Remember how God ate and drank with us, laughed with us and cried with us? Remember how God suffered for us and died for us and gave his life for the life of the world. Remember? She goes on to say that it isn't easy in the midst of our broken, messy lives in a broken, messy world 
to realize that God comes down to heal and redeem us. But, she writes, even here in the dark, God is busy making all things new. So show up, anticipate resurrection. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is our calling as the church, at least in part, to give each other and our world glimpses of the kingdom in the way we live with one another and in the way we move through the world. The way you live with your family, among your friends, the way you live at school, at work, in the grocery store, in traffic, in restaurants, and as you travel. The way we live with those beside us in the pews, in Sunday school, in Bible studies and grace groups, in the way we care for one another in times of illness or grief or some other kind of trouble, in the way we speak to and about one another, in the way we give of our time, our talents, and our money, in the way we show up for worship, and in the way we serve those most in need in our community and across the world, and in the ways we care for God's creation, these are all ways we can offer glimpses of the kingdom in our daily living each day. Sometimes we will succeed, and sometimes we will fail, individually and as a church. But remember, even now, even in the dark, God in Christ is busy making all things new. Even you, even me, even IPC, even the whole of God's beloved creation. And one day, we will join with the glorious company of the saints in light, and we will enjoy with them the fullness of God's eternal kingdom. And until that promised day of resurrection, we hold on to and participate in living out God's promise to us and to the whole world in Jesus Christ. Behold, I am making all things new. Thanks be to God. Amen.